Can I get a hallelujah? Come on now. Can I get a hallelujah? Amen. Amen. It's always interesting whenever, whenever Brother John asked me, asked me to preach. And uh, it was a busy schedule through the week. And so many times the Lord gives me a title before he gives me the word. I don't know why that is. I guess he's just testing me. And, and so I spend the rest of the time thinking, Lord, what are we going to preach on? Because it's not me that's going to preach the word. It's going to be the Holy Spirit preaching the word. So we've got to find out what the Holy Spirit wants to do so we can make sure that you all get fed. And I get fed too. Believe me, the first time I've heard the sermon is whatever is going to happen here. It's going to be by the grace of God and we'll just see what the Lord does. I started thinking about when the Lord gave me the title, The Next Best Thing. And I don't know if whenever you think of that title as, as I did, I thought of the, I started thinking immediately in the flesh. I was thinking the next best thing, well, I could, I could probably start making myself some lunch instead of going to the restaurant and buying lunch, spending money. I started thinking all these things, and I was like, Lord, I've I got to get in the spirit on this. The next best thing. And I didn't know where the Lord wanted to go. And I really, I mean, I was still kind of all over the place until this morning until we were sitting out there waiting to come into the church. And I'm still in the Bible, still getting revelation from God and what he's wanting to do. But uh, I believe that the Lord wants us to start in, in 1 Corinthians in chapter 10 and in verse 13. And if you will, stand for the reading of God's word. And as usual, we'll be in many scriptures today. Scripture can preach way better than what I can. And the Bible says, There is no temptation taking you, taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But will with that temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your living scripture, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that you continually speak to us. You continually talk to us. You continually search our hearts for the goodness that's inside of us, Lord. And you're continuing to kick out everything that's bad, Father God. I pray, Father God, as we minister this word, Lord, that it be you, not me. Lord, I surrender this vessel unto you. Anything of me, Lord, that's not of you, kick it out right now in the name of Jesus, Father God. And feed your people in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. The next best thing. When I'm looking at this scripture, it's t this scripture is, is telling me that there is no temptation taking you but such as common to man. That's telling me that I do, I'm not bearing any more than what you're, you're bearing. Amen? That, that means that it can't be as bad on you as it is on me, and it can't be as bad on me as what it is on you. It says it in the Word of God. 
Then the next part, this is where it starts to really get good. When I see but in the Bible and I see God after it, let me tell you something. Something in my spirit begins to rise up. Because I know that this is the victory when it's saying but God. When it's talking about the temptation taking you, that's something that's trying to take you away from God. And then it says, but God, but God, y'all better get excited. It says, but God is faithful. But God is faithful. What is he faithful of? He's faithful that no matter what you decide to do, what's your next best step that you think you're going to do, he's prepared. He's ready. Because he's faithful. You know how faithful God is? He's so faithful that you can mess up, completely mess up. But when you are in Christ Jesus, it's, not, it's okay. Because, see, he knows that we made so many mistakes. This is why we have a Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ who came. This is why the Old Testament saints stayed into the grave until resurrection day. And when he was resurrected, they came out because there was a lamb that was perfect. That's the same thing with me and you. See, we, we make all kinds of mistakes. I make all kinds of mistakes. And, and it's all right. It's okay. You're not going to be perfect and neither am I. But it doesn't mean that we don't strive for the perfection. See, if you stop striving to be good... You won't be good. The Bible says that, that laziness is a sin. So many, people, so many people will get so beat down, so tired that they won't do nothing. And you know what nothing's going to get you? Nothing. Don't expect God to work in your nothing. Why would he? If laziness is a sin, why would he? It says, but God, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. Above that you are able. That's saying that God, it's, you can handle this. You can do it. That's saying that no matter what's going on, how bad it may seem. That doesn't, it means no matter how high that the mountain is. No matter how low that the valley is. It means no matter what, you are capable of it. But if you think that you're not, and if you think that it's too much for you, not that God thinks that it's too much for you, that you think that it's too much for you, then what does he do? Your faithful God make a way to escape. That you may be able to bear it. That you may be able to bear it. So then I ask, what do you escape to? Where do you go from there? This is what you're going to do and this is what I'm going to do. We're going to go to our next best thing. The next best thing. And that next best thing may not even be what God plans for you to do. It may be what you think is the next best thing to do. But God is faithful. Remember. But God is faithful. I start to think about David whenever, whenever Saul was trying to kill David. And, and here's David. And, and I mean, David's already been anointed by Samuel. 
He already has the promise of God. It's already been done. He's already even slayed a giant. Let's think about that. The next best thing, think Saul tried to give him his armor. David put it on, but then took it off because it was too heavy. His next best thing that he thought of is, I'll just go fight this giant without any armor. Think of that. That's crazy. But it was his thoughts. He thought that's the next best thing, right? And what was God? Faithful. Faithful. Well, that kind of leads into the story that where I was just started with. So then Saul's trying to kill David. David goes to the priest. He's asking for bread. There is no bread but to show bread. And he gives it to him. And then David asks about a weapon. Guess whose weapon that he gets? Goliath. So then David. So then he, he got, here goes David. He goes out and he's scared to death. Don't know what to do. Has no clue of what to do. And where does he run to? The enemy's camp. Where Goliath was from. I wouldn't necessarily say that was his next best thing. Right? I mean, it wouldn't be to you or I who think of it, who's looking at the story and thinking about it. You wouldn't think that was the next best thing, but that was what he thought of, was his next best decision. And the story says that he goes there and that he goes before the king. (coughs) This is really what your Bible says. He goes before the king. They notice who he is. And they say, is that not... Is that not David? And the Bible says, the king of the land. Listen, the enemy even knows who you are. He even knows that you're a child of God. And they said, isn't that the king of the land? And and they said that David killed tens of thousands. David heard this. It began to worry him in his heart. He began to, man, like... Man, this is, I went to the wrong place, right? But God is faithful. Yeah? So then, so then this is what David does. This is his next best thing that he could think of to do. He starts acting crazy. The Bible says that he started acting like a madman. The Bible said that he started scribbling on the gates. And the Bible says that he started letting drool run down his beard. Looking like he was crazy. Crazy. It was the next best thing that David could think of. Even after a bad decision. And this is his next best thing that he could think of. Another crazy decision. But God was still faithful. This is is the point that the Lord is trying to drive into somebody. Is somebody who's sitting in here or somebody who's watching through there. Somebody is dealing, and it may be even me, is dealing with something that they, that they have made wrong decisions, bad things have happened, bad decisions have been made. But this is what I'm here to tell you. I don't care what your, you thought the next best thing was. God is still faithful. Come on now. I'm going to do it again. I'm, I don't think that they heard me. Listen, 
Somebody in here or somebody who is watching up there thinks or has done something that they're not proud of, that they, that they don't know why they've done it, but I'm here to tell you that God is still faithful. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, I want to... I want to jump over to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. The Bible says that finally my brethren be strong in the Lord. And in power of his might put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wells of the devil. Don't worry I'm going to tie this all in for you here in a minute. I'm going to hoe in your tater patch here for a second. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against rulers of darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the day of evil. And, and, all, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded with the truth, and having your breastplate of righteousness. And having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, above all, above all, take up your shield of faith. Take it up. Wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. That is you and that is me. That's you and me. There's a couple of very key points in here. But the first point that I want to make is, is that if you wake up and start your day and you don't put on this armor of God, you better get ready because you don't have nothing protecting you. It says take up your cross daily. It says and prepare. You're supposed to put on the armor of God daily too. See, when your day starts, the enemy starts too. Yes, God's with you in the whole thing, but he's telling us that this is put on this armor. And when he tells us to put on this armor, then he starts to talk about the shield of faith. The shield of faith. It says that the shield of faith, it says taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Of the wicked. Look, this is, what, this is what Christians are like today. We'll put on the armor of God and we'll walk around with our shield of faith sitting right down here. It does a whole lot of good when you're in battle to have your, have your shield that's going to protect you have it down at your side. Tell me what that's going to do. Tell me. You better hold it up high. That's your faith. It's talking about your faith. 
Do you believe in the God that you serve? All the way. All the way believe in the God that you serve. Then your problems and how bad and how wicked you are in the flesh isn't, isn't as important as what your faith is. Because it says, but God is faithful. But God is faithful. I don't know how many times that the Christian, the true believer in heart, changed, born again, made new, heart new, sits here and gets beat up and beat up because they have no idea about what the armor of God is and what it's about. If you look at this armor of God, it covers everything. Everything. And if you can't pray specific, listen, God already knows that, but he's faithful. You can pray, God, give me the armor of protection from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, Lord. But don't forget to pray that, Lord, help me hold up my shield of faith. Help me to hold it up. Because it says that that's what, that's what shields you. It quenches the fiery darts from the evil one, from the wicked. That's everybody that the enemy has already, has already used against you or will use against you to try to harm you, afflict you, oppress you, do anything to you. And even on you to make you think that you're unrighteous. But you can't be unrighteous if you're born again by the blood of Jesus. You can't be. Your flesh is, but you can't be. Yeah, you can backslide. You can do all of that. But listen... But God is faithful. I'm still going back to this. There is somebody in here or out there that needs to know that whatever they have done, whatever they're afflicted by, or whatever the lie that the enemy is trying to tell you, it is not true. He can't tell the truth. But I can tell you the truth. But God's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. I want to take you to Psalms 34. Chapter 34. Verse 4. Through 7. Listen to this. This is David. This is David giving thanks for deliverance. There, there has to come a point and a time to where in your journey, in your affliction, when you're getting beat up, whenever you're feeling like you're so awful and you're so bad and this and that, you have to start, you'll, you will turn and start thanking God. You will. I've done it. Just done it last week. Probably do it absolutely, probably daily, really. And we probably if we think about it, there's th things that come across our mind or things that we, that we see. That, and, and then we got to start thanking God for the good stuff. But listen, listen at this. Psalm 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord. And he heard.
I sought the Lord, and he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. Not just one or two of your fears. Not just one or two of the things that you think that you're so bad or you're so, you've done so many wrong things or you continue to do not those. It says all things, all the fears. All fears. You know it's those things that keep people out of church. Everybody said it's COVID and this and that and people ain't come back after COVID. It's not that, guys. It's because they've been doing some bad things and they're fearful that they can't get right and that there's a God that's not faithful enough to forgive them. Man, you go start talking to somebody who's been beat up and broke down and, and, and having these thoughts go through their head and everything else and you go start talking to them just as a child of God <clears throat> with that light on you. And you see their posture change. You see, a lot of times when somebody's postured up, they're scared to death. Really? And if you start talking to them, you see that posture, that pride, start to get whipped. Whipped. This is one of the signs that you can see when somebody needs you to tell them about Jesus. See, I walk around a lot with a posture. And I've had people tell me that, that your posture, Dustin, looks like you're an aggressive person. I've had it said to me a lot. It's not that. It's not that. My posture is saying that I'm confident in what the Lord has done for me. And what he's doing with me. And I'm confident that I can go out and that anything that comes and afflicts me, and it still does, that God's faithful. And if I make a mistake, God's still faithful. This is what you got, have to do, though. The armor of protection, and then you have to turn around and you have to seek the Lord. When you start seeking the Lord, it says, the Bible says, He heard me and He delivered me from all of my fears. They looked upon him and were, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. See, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to stand up here and tell you what I really go through and what really happens in my life, the bad and the good. I don't care, I don't care to last, the week before last or last week to tell you that I had suicidal thoughts again. And that I had the temptation of doing drugs again. I had thoughts going through my mind of going back to the bar again. I had all those things. But God's faithful. God's faithful. The change was is when I turned around and I started seeking Him. See, He had to do some things. He had to help me with some things. He had to have a car pull out in front of me, or me pull out in front of a car. I had to hear those tires screech. But he gave me a wide spot to pull off. He gave that to me. And we defeated it because God's faithful. I got to just tell you, listen to what happened this week. 
I'm at work. I've got crews on the pipeline over here. I've got two other pipelines going on with two other crews. And somebody comes over the radio and they said, Dustin, where are you? I don't like it when people ask me where I'm at at work. I don't know why, I just don't like for them to ask me that because that radio is broadcasted all over the place and I may be over here and should have been over there. People think I should be everywhere and I can't be. And I said, what's the problem? And they said, you need to come down to the office at the yard. I said, all right. I said, everything okay down there? Yeah, yeah. So I go down there. And, and the lady says, the guy just left. And I said, well, who was it? And she says, I don't know. I was like, well, that doesn't help me a whole lot. I said, you just pulled me off the line to, for me to come down here, and there's not an issue. There's nothing. She's like, I don't know, but this guy, this guy had issues going on. And the only thing that he said is that a few weeks ago, you had went to a church of theirs, Remember this? You had went to a church of theirs. He wasn't there. But he heard. He heard. But he said he wouldn't give me any more information than that. All right. All right. So I go back out on the line. Five o'clock. I go back to the office every day to finish up everybody's paperwork, make sure I start getting all the materials and stuff that they use and everything. And, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, here pulls in a car. What? I don't recognize that car. This guy gets out, and I've got guys coming into the yard. It's getting busy. Everybody's coming in. And uh, he walks up to one of, our, one of my operators, and he says, I need to talk to the boss. Well, I don't like for people to recognize me as a boss. I'm working with them. I'm not their boss. We're all working together. And, and they all know this. And he says, uh, he says, well, you must be talking about the chief inspector over the job. And the guy says, yeah, maybe. And he's like, well, let me see if he's in his office. His name's Jeff. And he goes, no, the guy's name's not Jeff. He says, the guy's name's Dustin. He says, well, Dustin's right there in his truck. He's finishing up all the stuff for the day. He says, do you think he'll talk to me? He's like, yeah, I'm sure he'll talk to you. The guy walks around, and he, he, I roll my window down, and he does this. He comes up to my window, and he looks to the left, and he looks to the right, and he looked behind him. And he turned around, and he said, I need your help. So what is it, buddy? And he tells me about the church thing, and he says, I got a son who's in prison. And man, he goes, I've spent all my money. I've done everything, sending him money, trying to help him. And I need some advice of what to do next. Now listen, if you're ever in this position, you better make sure God's the one speaking out of your mouth because you'll absolutely tear down everything God's trying to do and I sit and I listen and it got silent and I said I said what kind of advice are you looking for 
and he said, well, I said, let me, let me back up. I said, I said, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And he said, I do. And I said, we can get somewhere then. We can get somewhere then. Because see, now we got two of us together. Not just one of us together, two of us together. And with the Holy Spirit, that makes three of us together. And then we, start to, then we start to talk a little bit. And I say, now start your whole story over. And I want to hear it from the beginning, everything. And he says, I got a son in prison. And I said, let's stop right there. Let's get this right right now. I said, let's pray for that boy right now. And we prayed. I said, let's go on. He said, and, he, and he's milked me dry of all my money. And I've sent him, I'm trying to help him. I said, let's stop right there. I said, let's get them all. We're going to get any of them. I said, you ain't going to save that boy and neither am I. And you sending him money all the time. I said, what do you think's going on in prisons? He said, well, that's one of the reasons I come to talk to you. He goes, can you get drugs in prisons? I said, good God Almighty, you can get drugs anywhere you want. I said, Let, let's think about this. I said, do, do they starve people in prison? He said, no. I said, well, then I wouldn't send him no money. I believe that was God. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe that what I felt inside of me, what that boy had been doing, was taking that man's money and getting drugs. Because that's what I would have done in prison. That's what I would have done. I began to tell him through the Spirit. In my spirit, I began to tell him, like, you got to be careful. Sometimes you think you're helping, but really you're enabling. And there's a fine line between enabling somebody and helping somebody. See, this can happen to me and you. This isn't just a testimony of what this guy done and what I went through. This is a testimony for all of us. You know that you, most of us enable our kids, don't ever help them with anything. We spend so much time worried about this and that for them that we forget about trying to lead them somewhere that they should be and what they should be doing. And I'm sorry, and, and I'm sorry for you people who are watching on TV, but I believe kids still need their butt busted every now and then. I, I don't believe that it was God that took that out because I believe that in the Bible it says that a rod was meant for the back. That's what I've seen in the Bible. This man was broken. And you know, this is for anything and everything that you guys are going through. Somebody may come to you asking you for help. They ain't asking you for help. They're asking for the God in you to help them. They're asking for some of that wisdom and some of that knowledge inside of you to give to them. Your words are going to be vanity unless it's led by the Spirit of God. And anything that comes out of your mouth, and I'm talking anything, and multiple times throughout the day, what comes out of our mouth is not of God. And this is why we got to take up our cross daily and die to this flesh. And we got to get set back on spirit and in truth. Because people need you. 
I need you and you need me. And they need us. Us. Not Dustin. The child of God is what they need. And you got this. God is faithful. It says they looked unto him unto him and were and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried. And the Lord heard him. And saved him out of his troubles. That's that testimony that happened with me this week. That poor man cried. I had ears to hear. But the Lord heard him. Not me. I heard but the Lord heard him. And saved him out of his troubles. We talked about things that we could do to help that boy. Should he want help. You can help as many people as you want to, but if they don't want help, they ain't going to get it, no matter how bad you want it for them. The next best thing is always waiting for you. I'm trying to close, Andy. The next best thing very likely could be your what you want to think is the very next best thing. And that's okay. Don't just do nothing. Don't just sit there and ponder on what was, what has happened. Get back in line. Start thinking about what you can do to be, make it better. Be better. Because God's faithful. Don't take yourself and continue to beat yourself up because what you're allowing is a window for the enemy to come in and start doing some work to you. As quickly as you can, turn around. Put your foot down. You trying to help me, Andy? I'm trying to close. <laughs> Here, let me, let me shut my Bible and give you all some hope. I keep looking at scripture. I just keep going. There's many scriptures. I got. I can't help it. There's so many scriptures that the Lord has given us to help us. So many things that He tells us. Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Andy, you get me some music playing. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. He says in Philippians 1, 6, he says, Being confident of this, that he who began... A good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. In Romans 15, 13, he says, May the God of hope 
fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Proverbs 19, 20, and 21, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among wise. Many are the plans in, in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him. And He will make your path straight. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, the Bible says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercies, He has given us new birth in living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This is inheritance is kept in heaven for you, for you. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse seventeen and eighteen says, "For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all." Glory to God. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I'll finish up with this. Lamentations. Chapter 3, 21 through 23. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope, because of the Lord's great love. We are not consumed, for His compassion never fails. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. I want to invite you all to come up and pray. And not just pray for what you're going through or what you may have been going through, but pray for that person that this word was for. Because it was for somebody. The Lord was still dealing with my heart as, I, as we were ministering this word. He was still dealing with my heart. You're not that bad. Can't be. Come pray.
The altar's open. Come pray. Come pray. Pray for that person. Pray for the knowledge. Pray for the wisdom. Come pray. Pray that God give him peace. Pray that God lift that burden from him. God's faithful, guys. Loves you. You who's watching, maybe you didn't catch this live, and maybe you were catching it a little bit late, but God's talking to you through this word. It's not me, it's Him. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. To humans belong the plans of the heart, but the Lord comes to comes the proper answer of the tongue. All are all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. Your next best thing, He's going to establish. And if it's you're not on the right path, He'll establish you to back to the straight path, the straight and narrow. The Lord works out everything to its proper end. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you do. Thank you, Father God. He's faithful. So faithful. That he comes to you and meets you where you're at. You don't have to go meet him. He'll come right to you. Thank God for that. 
próximo minuto. Próximo minuto. Próximo passo. I sought and he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. Bless him, Lord. Bless him. Bless him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your heart, brother. Bless your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you today, Father God, for your anointing, Father God. Thank you for preaching to us. And I thank you that you allow me the opportunity to stand in your pulpit. Father God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for that. Even when I, I think of what the next best thing is, that you are already prepared. Even if it's the wrong thing, you're ready for it. Thank you for your sovereignty. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord. Father God, I pray a blessing on the people today. On your children, not just here, but your children. Lord, I pray that you expand their territory, Father God, that you bless them, that you give them what they need to go out, Lord, and show your light on us. Father God, thank you for this day, Lord. In Jesus' name. Y'all are dismissed. Glory to God.